Welcome to Future Proof, the marketing podcast from Said Business School, Oxford University, and Kantar, the data insights and consulting company. In each episode, we speak to industry leaders about the big issues in marketing, sharing evidence and inspiration for the future. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This episode was recorded live at Can Lions in June 2019. I'm Jane Osler, Global Head of Media, Insights Division of Cantor. I'm Felipe Tomas, Professor of Marketing at Said Business School. So our guest today is Kirk McDonald, who's CMO of Xander. Welcome, Kirk. Um, thank you. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. It's our pleasure. So tell us more about Xander and what you do and how it works. Sure. Uh, Xander is uh, the advertising analytics and data company for AT&T. So uh, as AT&T has evolved itself from simply being this telecommunications giant that it's known around the world as, it really has paid close attention to the changing relationships between consumers and content and the way that distribution has played a part in that. Being such a huge distribution platform, you think direct TV services, for getting content to consumers, it realized it was becoming a modern media company. And it's gone about over a course of a number of years, collecting the assets to make it such, right? Collecting an asset like uh, Warner Media and holding now the largest content library of premium video content in the world, and then launching this advertising analytics business that we named Xander after um, one of the founders of one of the companies in Alexander Graham Bell. Um, so Xander is that business. So what does an advertising analytics company really do? We focus on making advertising simply more relevant, more targeted, um, making sure that advertising is bespoke to the consumer, to their relationship that they want to have with the content they're consuming. And we realize that's a critical part of of the success of the industry going forward. And how do you use how do you do that? Do you have data solutions that allow you to target better than anyone else? Yeah, so uh, we get to rely on 
um, a tremendous sort of knowledge and relationship that we have with the consumers that use our services. Um, that awareness, properly anonymized, safely um, separated from anything that's personal or identifiable, but uh, data has become this critical uh, currency in creating important moments for the consumer. So what we do is we normalize, we parse that, um, we anonymize it, and then we make sure that we use it in thoughtful ways as best as we know how to decorate um, or differentiate advertising impressions. So the delivery of an ad is really unique to the individual consuming um, the content in that moment. Now, we've been able to do that really and have built up this business in the United States to do that around TV, data-driven linear TV buys are part of what we've done. And then we are the largest addressable TV, we have the largest addressable TV household. That simply means that we actually can deliver a different ad into and over the set-top box or DirecTV service in each household. So you see different ads than what your neighbor sees as a result of having that awareness of, of who these consumers are. We are responding to, let's be clear, consumers simply saying, I have so much choice of what I read, um, what I consume in terms of content, that if the advertising messages aren't also paying attention to my needs, I'll simply find ways to ignore them. And, and we think in the long run, if you do better, smarter things for the consumer, you're more successful. And do you think that marketers and brands and agencies have got their heads around all the possibilities of addressable targeting? Is that something they're prepared for in the market, do you think? Uh, so the, the marketers globally, and this isn't just uh, specific United States, globally marketers have all acknowledged that uh, making advertising more addressable, more targeted is a critical path to success. Just think of the consumer experience. Nearly infinite availability of robust, rich content to choose from. If that content isn't actually catered to me, I simply ignore it and I move on. So we've got a near infinite supply of rich content experiences and finite consumer time. If you uh, mix those two things together, both content creators and marketers now have to actually change the way they've done business change the nature of that uh, relationship with the consumer and for the marketers that have moved towards targeted ad messaging. And this is involved in the creative selection as well as the delivery of the ads. If I can actually make sure that I deliver the ads to the right person, right moment in time, and I bring the right message, ultimately more success is being achieved. And you see some of the direct-to-consumer uh, marketers getting there faster, but almost in general, I'd say most marketers now are, are using technology and data as core critical um, assets in, in their success path. And do you see it as part of your role in Xander to help advertisers and marketers do this better? Yeah, exactly. So uh, don't claim uh, to be you know, trying to have salvific power over the uh, media and advertising industry. But increasingly, marketers need more help. They're able to do this. The, the challenge they face now is, how do I do it at real scale? Um, how do I do it in a way where I can get attribution on the back end and I, I can actually report that I accomplished what I set out to do? Uh, we believe we bring that scaled alternative um, to uh, the market for uh, for the sellers for the sellers both of inventory as they use our technology platform as well as the buyers. Now we work directly with a lot of buyers of TV in the United States. We've actually watched our addressable TV business grow dramatically um, over the last five years um, in a business that was previously known as 
um, AT&T's AdWorks business. A um, lot of vast knowledge there. Um, just in the short year that the company has been around, we've also gone out and bought the largest marketplace, digital marketplace outside of Google um, in this business called AppNexus. And that came with uh, robust engineering talent. We've put those two things together really to try to be at the forefront of making um, this opportunity to make advertising more efficient, more relevant, more targeted, more consumer friendly, to make advertising matter. So our purpose statement is that, make advertising matter. So yes, that's, that's what we're setting out to do. And I think uh, Kantar's doing some thought leadership um, with Zander. Yeah, Kantar's, uh, and uh, we're, we're excited about the work mm. that we're undertaking this year. So as part of the launch of the company a year ago, and we're, you know, as we sit here in Cannes, just a year ago, the company didn't have a public name. It was uh, just, it was AT&T Advertising Analytics. We uh, decided that it, we didn't want to make the announcement of the company only about the company, and we invested in a sizable research study, which would look at consumer trends as it relates to engagement with content and advertising. Um, that launched in the fall, along with the announcement of the company's name as Xander. Um, that report was called a relevance report. This year, we're partnered with Kantar. Um, again, uh, we, we're leaning on your expertise in, in research in this area and thought leadership around understanding the next chapter in that uh, research. So we're surveying over 3,000 consumers, so <laughs> fairly uh, robust um, sample size, and looking at it not just in the U.S., but really just looking at it, what is that relationship that the consumer has? Do consumers fully understand that advertising is part of actually them accessing content? And uh, what are some of their concerns? What are some of their feedback if they had a chance to say to marketers how they want to work and operate differently with ads. So uh, we're looking forward to announcing that later this year as we will have our second uh, relevance conference in, uh, in September, September 16th, actually. Cool. So um, I did a bit of reading up, and in the past you've compared digital advertising to the food <laughs> supply chain. So uh, yeah. what, what did you mean by that? Oh, whenever someone starts a question where you did some reading up, I'm always <laughs> a little nervous because um, yeah. uh, sometimes uh, when I decide to write, it is, uh, it's always from the heart, but it does take on a life form of its own, as, as that article did. The analog there really is one that just reminds us that um, – Inventory, like inventory in inventory management in um, food supply chain, um, is perishable, and uh, trying to normalize for what is the perishable aspects of the inventory, as well as what is the high value or premium right time to get the inventory delivered, um, the food delivered, is just some critical things that we've never had to deal with before. You you know so when you pull it out of that analog. We've had historically in media an ability to manage supply and demand tensions really, really well because oftentimes the content creator owned distribution and the distribution was, was limited. Also, we managed an ad to content ratio. TV still manages it today, which says that the relationship is for every hour of content, we will only interrupt you between 10 to 15 minutes. And that, believe it or not, weird that that's been adopted almost globally, right, as the balance. Just in magazines, we, we're not going to give you 90% ads and 10% content. But digital has come along and not bothered to pay attention to any of those rules. So the article was really referencing all of those things ignored. Um, I think 
it's about time the industry kind of deal with the things it didn't do well in digital. It did a lot really smartly, but it didn't do a couple of other things well. It's about time we simplify this for buyers. And it's about time we remember that if you don't do this right for consumers, they'll block ads. They'll ignore what we do. So um, we're excited about this opportunity now because we think we have to do it immediately. And, and not because any companies are evil or bad, but the companies that are doing it really smartly are winning at a disproportionate rate in digital. And ultimately, having two or three companies globally get this right isn't going to be successful for all. There are a bunch of uh, players in the industry, and for the consumer's sake, for us to have greater choice than that. So, so we want to we wanna invest in making that right. So it sounds like you're on a, on a, on a mission. Uh, it's definitely purpose-driven, um, and it does feel bigger than, um, than Xander even. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When we think even about our brands, and you see this... Um, in the way we've named our products in our effort. We recently announced our marketplace, and we didn't announce the marketplace as the Xander audience marketplace. We actually named it community. It's not Xander branded. So this is a one-year-old company. You'd think that we do nothing but sit down and think about our new brand and think about ways to call things Xander, but um, to the opposite. We realize that the marketplace we need to launch for um, the industry is just that. It's a community marketplace as both marketers and publishers, uh, programmers worry about walled gardens, our CEO from the first speech he ever gave in his new role spoke about a community garden. So we launched our marketplace named The Community and it's community powered by Xander. It has to be powered with technology, but we are inviting the industry to be a part of the solution with us. Um, We've also recently, again, just accomplishments of the first year, announced now a core platform technology, which did feel like it needed to be named um, named with the company. Um, but that platform is called Xander Invest. Real clear effort on our part. Let's make it very easy for people to understand for both the customers as well as the um, even consumers who don't necessarily understand what we do to understand what we're bringing to market. Because they don't need to work with us directly, but they should know that we've launched a buy-side platform that's called invest as buyers are looking at longer term return on ad spend and therefore looking at a platform to invest in. So Xander Invest is the new buy side platform that's recently announced and and the marketplace is community and and you know you should look to us to have more announcements through the course of the year but uh, we continue to want to 
try to simplify the jargon of the industry, all of the acronyms, make it much easier for everyone to understand where we're going. Okay, so we've we've talked a bit about targeting, addressability, and your responsibility as, as part of that. Um, do you think there's still a role for mass reach media, or is it all about targeting for you? No, I absolutely believe there's a role for mass reach media. We, um, we tend to overcorrect all the time. So, you know, there was a moment, and we should admit it when we reflect on it, where we celebrated the creative spirit as the sole way advertising worked, right? And then we should also realize we look back at that era and call it the Mad Men era, <laughs> right, of yeah. advertising. Um, two words that mean a lot. First, they were mad, and mostly they were men. <laughs> um, <laughs> so now I believe we're celebrating this other moment, and it's after this one that we're passing through. We've passing through, and I think coming to the end of one that was only about data and technology, data and technology, and programmatic advertising has, I think, built up a poor reputation for itself. So those in the industry who understood it promised it to be more things than it could be. Those who didn't understood it feared it to be something more evil than it was ever capable of being. Um, the reality is it always meant the workflow automation that was required once you move from buying hundreds of magazines or tens of t TV properties to um, millions of, of digital sites and then 10 millions of actual impressions as you buy at the impression level. So you needed some workflow automation to change. So gone is the Mad Men era, but I think increasingly this era, and I'm not saying programmatic is going away, but the overcorrection to data and technology is now re being replaced with a balance that recognizes that, yes, an addressable ad is going to be much more successful regardless of platform. Um, even as I do mass messages, I'm still going to look for tools, technology tools and data so I can manage reach and frequency. Because there is one of the biggest, most inefficiencies in the way we buy TV today. So yes, technology is required there. But it is also time to do that well and then allow the creative uh, energy to get back in play. Use data to inform insights in a way that allows creatives to probably be more effective than they've been even in the past. So I think balance is coming back to the industry. We want to be at the forefront to that, uh, simplifying at least some of the places around data and technology. So um, your presence is is global in um, lots of yeah. different markets. So, um, and we know that all markets are at different stages; they behave differently. So, how does Zander's value proposition differ in the U.S. versus other markets, rest of world? Probably the most exciting thing about the company is um, this realization that um, this asset we bought, this company, and AppNexus has um, these has a footprint in so many different parts of the world. Today, Xander in the United States will benefit from this seasoned uh, leadership team, engineering team, and product developed around building up the infrastructure that enables the marketplace. As we bring that together with TV platform ideas and product ideas, we can build faster and we'll be out ahead. So that's very exciting. One of the benefits in the U.S. is all of this rich data that we get from AT&T. Philosophically, though, the company's approach has said, look, in, in different markets, so uh, Singapore is different than Australia and London is completely different than Derm Germany, data into the conversation should come through partnerships. 
Um, but tech infrastructure is going to be the same. So to the degree that we're using the U.S., as a forward prototype for what that technology needs, we're learning there. We wanna bring that into market, but then we're gonna benefit from data partnerships that maybe are new. We haven't even forged them yet in different parts of the world, but that's how we plan to make the US value proposition a not global value proposition very differently, but a London value proposition or UK or a Singapore or Australia, because each market really does need to be very different in that regard, but we're looking forward to building that. Okay, so it's got to be customized to, to the market requirements. I think just because, again, this assumption that all consumer trends are the same is not true. We're trending at different stages and for a variety of different reasons, connectivity being a big part of that and access to content. So if we are truly doing this in the interest of consumer experience improvement, simplicity for marketers, more effectiveness for marketers, and bring some efficiency for publishers, yeah, Tech infrastructure can be the same, but data relationships will be bespoke. And then therefore, even some ad experiences may be unique to the market. So we are taking that approach to it. So talking about trends, Kirk, um, what do you think the main trends that we'll see in the future for ad sales and ad tech? What do you think is going to happen in the next few years? So I hate predicting the future because you're never right. I will say that um, we are going to achieve a happy marriage between uh, human hand-sold and automated management of things sold. Um, This idea that technology was supposed to replace all the human element of media buying and selling against false promise, if that's what Programmatic envisioned, uh, we will see less interruptive ads Uh, We're going to see ads find a way to be much more naturally integrated into content experiences just because the consumer's actually been sort of, I don't want to say spoiled, they've been taught that ads shouldn't interrupt, that's all. And um, we're seeing a lot of those experiments uh, play out in social media. That thinking and that technology will come online, especially as we roll out OTT services. So from an automation standpoint, a happier marriage between the people who sell and the technology that enables the, the, the ad decisions in real time and the ad delivery across different formats and platforms. From an experience standpoint, ads will be less interruptive. We'll stop thinking that the only way to make ads better is to shorten the amount of time of the ad um, because the storytellers will need more time. And we're going to figure out how to just make the stories more engaging, more relevant. So data and technology are critical to its future. Um, we need to have a more intimate conversation with the consumer on those on that basis. And I think you're going to see across the industry more consolidation. So scalability and repeatability are critical. So I need to actually go one place and get a lot of what I want. And then I need to actually have reporting on it in such a way that I can learn and then go back and do it again. So everything custom every time doesn't work. The industry will only grow from scalable and repeatable solutions and we'll see more of that. So there are three for you, right? One for the consumer, one about automation, and, and I think one about the, the, the actual uh, buying and selling. So I don't know. We'll, we'll check in the future to see how, how right those work. Maybe we'll do this interview again this time next year and see if, see if you're right. right. Let's, uh, the great location. So if you do them all here, I'll definitely be in.
You've been listening to Future Proof. For all episodes and more information, visit uk.cantar.com or oxfordfutureofmarketing.com. Please leave us a rating and a review and subscribe within your podcast app so you know when new episodes are released. Thank you.